Well, if you know anything about us here at Stay Forth, you know that we are passionate about helping leaders to get healthy and reach more impact. In fact, everything we do centers around that mission. We want to help leaders to find sustainable impact. And guys, it breaks our hearts when there's a moral failure, we hear about a burnout of a leader, and we want to prevent more leaders from a crash or from a burnout situation. And our coaching helps leaders to clarify. Our experiences help leaders to replenish as they get away from some of the grind and the everyday and really clarify their next season. Guys, we want to invite you to help us. But before we do that, we just want to say thanks to some of the families that have come alongside of us. Now, you know who you guys are, but we want to say thanks to these couples, Josh and Jacqueline, Dave and Debbie, Brad and Kelly, Ed and Mary Lou, Casey and Amy, Dan and Lauren. Thank you guys so much. These folks are supporting us so that we can help support more at-risk leaders. Now, if you're interested in coming alongside of us, we invite you to help us so that we can help more. We want to grow our scholarship fund so we can provide more coaching to help leaders clarify and more experiences to help leaders replenish. We're doing what we can, but we want to be able to scholarship more and more leaders so that money isn't a barrier for those folks who want to get involved and who want us to be able to serve them and support them through the season. So you can go to storehouse.world, that's storehouse.world, and think somewhere between Kickstarter and Patreon for Kingdom Leaders, incredible new platform. And for as little as $10 a month, you can help build the scholarship fund. So not only do things like this podcast continue to go out, but we can scholarship more at-risk leaders to help them clarify through coaching, replenish their experiences so they can get healthy and reach sustainable impact. Guys, it is possible to live and lead healthy for the long haul without losing our soul. And we just want to remind you that we're seeing incredible life transformation. And would you help us to be able to serve more leaders in 2021? Well, friends, welcome back to the podcast. We continue to talk about experiences and the value of experiences. And you're going to hear the background noise today because my brother, my dad, and I, my son, and my brother's son, the five of us guys are on an annual trip that we call City a Year. And actually, to be fair, it's more than a trip, it's an experience. And I think it is one of those sacred traditions both in our family and one that we continue to share with other people we wanted to bring here on the podcast. And first of all, it had a really unique start. So to my brother, JR, I just want to throw this, give a little bit of background. How did this idea come to be? In 2012, our grandpa was getting sick and, uh, and dad had the idea of reaching out to him to say, hey, what do you think if we took a trip out the third week of August to see you and just kind of spend one last time with grandpa before he passed away? And he thought it was a great idea. And so we got all the t- tickets and uh, everything arranged. And uh, as soon as that was all booked, uh, he went downhill and passed away before we could go on the trip. And our first thought was, well, I guess we'll just cancel the trip. And dad had a really good idea. He said, look, we've already paid for all of this. We've already blocked it off on the schedule in our busy schedules. Why don't we just go ahead and do it? And uh, we we're going to fly into Indianapolis. He, he lived in Southern Indiana. So dad said, there's got to be some cool things in Indianapolis. If we just kind of poke around and do some exploring and some researching, just kind of see what happens. And so we said, sure, why not? I mean, we got nothing to lose. And so 
we did some research. I mean, you and I, of course, went to college an hour north of Indianapolis, so we had spent some time there. But we found minor league baseball team there. Uh, there was the NCAA Hall of Fame and, and headquarters there. It was a great experience. And um, just all sorts of things and monuments and churches and museums. And we just found ourselves saying, this was so cool. And if I remember right, the next day, we were in an Einstein's ba Einstein Bagels. And the old USA Today on the back had like kind of the weather heat map. And we began, Dad had the idea. He said, what if we actually just did this every year? Third week of August, what if we tried to do that? So, Dad, where did that idea come from when you thought about that? Well, it didn't take us very long to realize that getting the three of us together and having an opportunity to talk and to explore and to just discover things that most tourists wouldn't discover was such an incredible idea. Why would we only want to do it once? And as we were looking at the map, then we started asking ourselves, what are some of the other cities similar to Indianapolis that we might do exactly the same thing? Yeah, because a lot of people would say, Indianapolis, like, you don't really go to vacation in Indianapolis, right? So that's kind of this sort of mid-major city, not, not something really exciting like New York or LA, right? So yeah, Indianapolis, and then we started thinking through what would be on the, the level that might even raise people's eyebrows of why would you want to go to that city? <laughs> and that's really part of the genius of it is that yeah. anybody can go and spend five days in San Francisco or Chicago, one of those places you kind of know what you would do if you go there. You go to these places and go, what in the world would you do? And so the best things uh, we found, I'll have you share the structure of it, JR, and, and what we actually do, but the best things we found really on, on accident. And so this idea of following your curiosity, uh, we talked to locals, so really we're not tourists in these cities. We yeah. try not to be. We try not to act like tourists, but we ate at a local restaurant. For example, sunsetting last night, we're on a local restaurant. We never would have found miles outside of town, but a local said, you got to go to this. This is my favorite place to go. So I think that's part of the genius is that we hear from people, if you were going there, where would you go? We take as many tips as possible. We try not to be tourists. Yes, we've been on Segways before. Yes, we've done a few touristy things. We've made a few mistakes along the way, but overall, that idea of follow your curiosity. So talk about the structure of, of our time, JR. What do, we, what do we actually do? Well, Alan, you, you brought up a good point. I mean, one of the things that we are really careful about is we don't mind occasionally doing tourist activities, but our identity is not as tourists, right? We're curious explorers and we like to have adventures. So, I think the secret sauce is that we put some effort ahead of time with a little bit of research and a little bit of asking around of people who've been to some of these cities. It's amazing what you can learn. So we just compile a list and say, oh, we should try that coffee shop. We should try that little local eatery. Oh, we need to make sure we visit that location. We go here or there. And so just with a little bit of research, it's amazing what you can find out about the great things below the city, past the tourist brochures and the pamphlets that you can hand out. Yeah, and, and one of the amazing things is no matter what size city you go to, if you go with that attitude, You'll you find. end up discovering all of these rich jewels of interesting things to see and experience that, that very few people identify with that particular city. And that's, that's part of the fun of the experience is finding things that most people never pull out of a particular city. Yeah, and some people just show up and say, well, once we get there, we'll figure out what to do. 
But for us, we spend several weeks, in, and, and it's fun research, it's, it does not, but, but there is intent and effort to say, hey, if we went kayaking, here are three kayak places we could do, and here are the different rates. And uh, here are 10 of the best uh, coffee shops, and we'll pick two or three of them and, and do that. And so I think that helps. And that tension, talk about that tension between um, not having enough to do, right? Too much white space in there, right. too much blank space, uh, and too much. How, how is that tension important? Because let's be real, I mean, both or all three of our lives are full. I don't use the word busy, but full. We're impacting people, we're doing a lot of things. So I think we could all be tempted to kind of squeeze that thing to death and do too much. Right, and it's not, it's not over planning. It's not under planning, it's not over planning. It's almost like a pendulum, even in our time, right, Dad, where we, it, we do a lot of doing and exploring and we're physically tired. Oftentimes we pick cities in the south in the third week of August, <laughs> which can be very hot. But it's also a lot of time just sitting in coffee shops and talking. And I think you realize, Dad, that, the, that our, our lives are full. And even when we're together with all of our families, even the nature and the season of our, of our kids' lives, even when we're together, it's been a little chaotic in years past of diaper changing and kid needs help and down for a nap. So we don't really get a chance to talk in depth when we're all together. So these trips allow for and, that. And part of what we discovered in doing this is that all of us are involved in so many really interesting and important things and, and they have to be developed over time. And we have some great opportunities to just be able to ask each other some really challenging questions that can help each other grow together I guess and and without that time um, you just don't have the opportunity to get that depth of conversation when everything else is going on that's so busy so yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. Dad, talk about the criteria of which we identify a city or some of the things that we need to make sure we do every time. So we don't overstructure it, but what are some of the, the, the punch list items that we have to Well, have we're to all do? baseball fans, and so one of the non-negotiables is we have to go to a city that the local baseball team, now it's it's usually not a, a, a professional, you know, major league team, it's usually a, a single A or double A or triple A team, but the, the local team has to be playing so that one night during the time we're together we have to go to a baseball game so that's one thing and the other thing is every time we meet we have to set aside time to determine some of the potential cities we're going to do next year and we develop a list of three or four cities and sometimes it's obvious which one is our primary city but we have to then do some research to find out which city is going to have a local baseball team playing and and so we do have enough structure so that we don't go without plans, but we also leave plenty of time for the plans to be made up kind of on the fly. And then, of course, there's coffee shops we always have to hit. Um, there's good local food, right? Not the touristy places, but the local food areas. And Alan, you're normally helping us think through the food on that. Talk about our other tradition of hammocks. So, and remember, these are mid-major cities. so. It should pique someone's curiosity of why would you go to Pittsburgh? Why would you go to Sacramento? You can roll through the yeah. cities and, and what they are. Um, but we will find a park right now. For example, we're, we're in a park. So just to paint a, a picture, 
there are people joking around and having their morning coffee and walking their dogs and you can hear sirens and I think this is my favorite podcasting studio we've ever had here over 200 episodes I mean this doesn't get much better than this but we're in the middle of the city right we're welcoming you into the experience and uh, we often sirens and all uh, we often will um, just kind of scout out a place this happened yesterday we got a hammock I mean that's just part of it is it makes you think you're working a little bit you go to the place so we biked 12 miles yesterday but we spent several hours in a hammock. I think I dozed off and got my afternoon nap. But there's just something but about cruiser that. cruiser bikes, right? Like when we say biking, we're not road biking in spandex. Like we're in a cruiser bike. Slowly our time. bumping along, no helmets <laughs> needed, uh, cruising around the city. We may stop a couple um, times for food on the way. And so we ate some amazing barbecue. Um, we bike around. We always hit good coffee shops. But of course, just stop in a hammock. There's something about it in the middle of a city as well. You take in a city differently. Yeah. The thoughts um, that you think are different here. That Batterson quote, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. I always get new thoughts. Um, there's lots of humidity here. There's not normally these beautiful, huge trees. I don't have that in Colorado. But just yesterday, the conversation that breaks out uh, is really important. So that's, that's one of the traditions. Well, and sorry, let me interrupt real quick. When we're biking around, Give an example or two, Alan, of what would cause us to stop. I mean, obviously we're going to food, but like we roll into some place. What, what are we doing yeah. when we're stopping? Follow your curiosity. So yesterday we saw a coffee shop that I said, oh, wait, they said that was ranked in the top two in the city. We should go back there. Okay. And we'll swing back. We swung back an hour later. We go past uh, a really good barbecue place and I go, oh, man, I heard that was amazing. And we pigged out, probably ordered way too much. No pun intended. But <laughs> but it was incredible. Well, so, and also, how about like the park yesterday, Forsyth Park, which was beautiful, but they were like, oh, there's a splash pad and it's 95 degrees and high humidity. So we just took our shoes off and just ran around in the splash pad and then pulled out a tennis ball and just chucked yep. the tennis ball around the park, the, right? Some the of those question's always, why not? It's not why, it's why not? And I think margin has a, a lot to do with this conversation. When you talk about experiences, if we squeeze this thing to death, we don't have time to stop there. But when there's just enough space, you go, sure, why not? And we're kind of slowly biking around. I think that's that's the key. If anyone who's listening to this is planning an experience, I would encourage you that chaotic idea. Have enough chaos and enough order to it, enough freedom and enough structure. I think that's some of the secret sauce is we're ready to follow our curiosity um, that day. And I think biking is a great way to see a city um, Airbnb, and we started this, Airbnb was not a big deal. Right. Um, you know, we've been at this for 10 years, and now we're like, okay, let's stay in a real place, a, a real, you know, somebody's home in the middle of, of the city, and I think we continue to get better at it simply because we continue to trust the experience, trust that when we're here, we're going to find things, um, and I think we, we continue to just get better at how we see a city at ground level and, and how we trust the process. Once you roll through the cities we've been to and catch us up to now where we're sitting in this gorgeous park in Savannah. Yeah, so we've done everything from Indianapolis, Charleston, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, which even included a, uh, at last minute being able to go to, to, uh, to Cleveland. Yeah, and we went into this, we found a, a documentary I think that you had seen on a little tiny town called Braddock, PA. Uh, it's a rundown community about a local grassroots effort of a local mayor who really tried to turn around this economically depressed area. So what do we do? We went and explored Braddock because we watched a documentary on it. 
And then we explored and talked to the librarian and went and talked to some features who were featured in the docu documentary itself. And so we just say, like, we, have, we know where we're going a whole year in advance, and so we start to read and hear things in the news and watch things and go, ooh, look what we learned. Sometimes we've thought about reading a book ahead of time, like Portland, Maine, reading the history of, the port of Portland, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, Portland, Maine, which was also, we did a little bit of Boston, Birmingham and Montgomery and did the Civil, civil Rights um, Tour. We went to Boise, Idaho, which I think, I don't know about you guys, that was the biggest surprise for me and the city that I've loved the most in all this. Little Rock, Arkansas, Sacramento, and then of course COVID interrupted last year, and we're here in Savannah. Savannah, Georgia, and we just picked next year. So, Dad, tell us about the process yesterday. It was pretty quick how we arrived at it, but where are we going next year? Yeah, we sat down and identified uh, some potential cities. We talked through kind of the pluses and minuses of each one. We also kind of, you brought this up, JR, that we, we tend to want to go different regions. So, if we're on the East Coast one year, we may want to go more Western the next year. And so, having thought through some of where we've been and some of the things we like to do, uh, Salt Lake City kind of uh, bubbled to the top of the list. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to go back, do some investigation, find out if the dates we normally go in August, the local baseball team's going to be there, and we will eventually finalize Salt Lake and then do some additional research. You know, one thing that uh, is amazing to me, and we've been doing this for 10 years now, and there is no reason... To, to stop this. I think this is definitely uh, something we will continue to do for many more years off in the future. But a lot of times when I'm in casual conversation with neighbors or people at work and they'll say, you know, what do, what do you do in any trips you're taking? I explain briefly city year to them. And I'm amazed at how many people stop and think for a minute and say, you know what? That's such a great idea. I could do that with my boys. Yeah. Or I could, I could schedule something similar. And I am amazed at how many people heard the city of year, the city year idea, and have incorporated it into their family routines. Yeah, and I think there are some misconceptions, and maybe both of you can speak to this about it. They say, "Oh, it's so expensive, and you know, it's a lot of time. It is some prep work, but let's be really clear: we're not staying in some five-star hotels like right downtown, right? You mentioned Airbnb, and you know." Some hotel. We're, we're looking for like. In fact, we've stayed at some pretty shady places. Let's be <laughs> Let's real. Be honest. We've upped our game a little bit. <laughs> it was pretty rough there. It's just the three of us. Why not? Well, we yeah. Why if not? it's safe, if it's clean, if it's functional, right? And so we don't have to break the bank on that. I think that's the, the important thing we'd want people to understand is you don't have to spend a lot of money. In fact, if you spend some time prepping, it'll help you save some money. In fact, the places you're spending a lot of money at are probably not the salt of the earth places that you want to go to. So a great, you know, $15 lunch at a barbecue place where you get way too much food, amazing. Sitting on a dock watching the sunset with a bunch of locals at this cool pub last night, amazing. But generally, the places you want to eat at, the local places, you're not eating four and five star anyway. So it tends to, it tends to work. And those people tell you the flavor of that. Several times people Locals have said, you got to go to this place, you got to go to this place. And we Google it, find ourselves there, follow your curiosity, and say, if the locals like it, chances are we're going to. Speaking and, of that, uh, with uh, Salt Lake City, if you're listening to this and you know a, a great deal about Salt Lake City or uh, Alan, you know, anyone that follows Alan, if you live in Salt Lake City and you're listening to this, like, let, it, let Alan know because we'd love to know for next year 
but it's that balance that's really important between doing and exploring, right? We're very tired. I mean, we're biking, we've been kayaking, we do segways, we do lots of, we did hikes and remember in Little Rock, we did a 100, 100 degree hike up this huge peak. Our shirts, the shirts were soaked. But at the same time, every day is also filled with sitting and resting and talking for hours at a coffee shop. So I think it's important we aren't just, it's not just adventure and we're exhausted and we never get a chance to talk. We don't just show up and just sit around and do nothing either. So there's a balance there. You know, one of the things that um, comes to mind is that all of us are married. We have families. And yet, I think if you were to interview our wives, all three of our wives would say we are huge supporters of City of Year. I mean, they don't get anything out of this. It's sometimes a, an added burden for them to be home alone. But they know that we come back so refreshed, so energized from the opportunity to spend this time together that they are our biggest supporters in terms of encouraging us to do City of Year. Yeah. And that's that's something that, that kind of really makes this something that our whole families embrace because of, of, of what it means to us to be able to have this experience every year. Well, that's our family motto. Talk about our family motto uh, and why that's important to us. Well, several years ago, I think um, my mom and dad had said several times that we're about experiences. We do stuff. Um, but had never really coined the phrase. I had a palette. Um, I painted it white, and uh, this is something that I wanted to instill in our kids when they were young. So I just put the Briggs family. We do stuff. So it's over our mantle downstairs in our it's, basement. You gave us one. It's over our our door leading outside and uh, it's, from our kitchen. And there's actually like five or six points or principles within that, right? We do what we say we're going to do, you know. And um, but also experiences. Um, give it a shot. Go for it. I've never been disappointed at a city a year, and I believe it actually shaped Stay Forth moving away from the information paradigm of just we have to go to all these conferences, uh, and even like cramming it down people's throat in a podcast or big courses or something and say, actually, leaders are hungering for experiences. I don't know if we would have bet the farm on experiences without city a year, because I just see, man, this is something that I look forward to. It kicks off the school year in the fall for me, and it's sort of a place marker in time for me to celebrate. Look all, look what all has happened in the last year. Look where we're heading. And I sort of pull up for, for some air at the end of the summer. Um, after a great summer, for sure, but something I look forward to every single year. So I'm grateful. Stay Forth is grateful, and many other leaders have benefited because uh, I don't believe we would do our Stay Forth experiences without what we've experienced here. Well, it's Stay Forth. Special. And also, I think the reason why our wives are so supportive is because it embodies our, our hashtag Briggs Do Stuff, right? I mean, there, there isn't anything more Briggs Do Stuff than City Year, which is why, you know, your family lives into that. That's how we grew up. Mom and dad instilled that in us. But our family as well, that, like, it's memories over stuff, over buying stuff, over, you know, and things are fine. But, but we'd rather invest in experiences and so I think that's why our wives are like, well, that's who we are. That's what we care about. Yes, go. Do yeah. City of Year. Uh, talk about this year. Very, very unique for a couple different reasons. Yeah. Why is this a big year at City of Year? Yeah, well, we, I don't know, I think it was Dad, you, you mentioned a few years ago that it would be important. Or like, what if it was almost like a rite of passage that when our Briggs, when, when our sons turn 13, 
uh, that they join us for that. And so Carter is 14, but last year being 13, obviously COVID really changed that and canceled our trip, uh, like, like many people in their trips. So he bumped it to when he was 14, but it happened to be that Alan, your son Manny, was thir turning 13. And so then Manny and Carter, who get along great, they said, wow, they get to do the trip together. So this is the first time we've done it, the five of us, the first time we've had any guests that have joined us. Uh, so it's pretty unique on that. Um, so, but it's been great. And then in two years, my son, and then your son, you know, it, we'll, we'll be at a place where we'll get to do this again, uh, our younger sons. So yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity on that. I'm wondering, would it be okay, Alan, this is your podcast, so uh, every time we get together, we always say, oh, do you remember that time we did this, or what about that? Would it be helpful, can we each just share, like, maybe a memory or two of what we remember from anything that we've done? And I don't know, what could that look like? Well, there are obviously so many of them. We could spend the next two hours just uh, doing memories. But one thing that pops up for me just is when we were in Pittsburgh, <laughs> we had an opportunity to kayak right through the center of downtown Pittsburgh, and we kayaked right past the ballpark. We kayaked past this this old submarine that was parked on the side, and and just to be kayaking right down through the center of Pittsburgh was just an incredible experience. Yeah. How about you, Al? What what are some things that uh, whether serious, because there are serious moments too. I mean, I think of the civil rights tour that we did, incredibly moving, sobering, uh, meaningful, significant, but we've also like done really silly things and make us laugh years later. So what, what sticks out to you? Almost all of my highlights involve water. Yeah. So whether it's, That's good. Uh, I remember hammocking next to this gorgeous river that cuts right through the middle of Boise and it was a blast. Um, and we're just relaxing, chatting a little bit. I napped to get in there with some coffee in her hand. So I think um, that is always refreshing for me to be in a, a different place. Um, and I would also say that the kayaking every year is uh, definitely a highlight for me. Um, but the meals, I mean, I think about three or four key meals. I mean, last night was pretty special being out in the water. I don't get to be out on seawater very often. And, you know, to be having incredible tacos, of course tacos, um, the boys and uh, us just having conversation for hours. Meals kind of slow me down in a lot of ways. I move really quickly a lot of times through life and meals just remind me to slow down and savor. And then uh, maybe the last one is just the cup of coffee that we have. Remember we were uh, also in Pittsburgh, we had a cup of coffee uh, at this place. We ended up running into a church planter, which we kind of then went next door to see the space that they had taken. It's kind of that follow your curiosity type thing, uh, little diners and dives uh, kind of stuff. So I really look forward to the food game. What about you, man? A couple highlights? Uh, you mentioned water. You're right. There have been a lot of memories on water. And some of them are just like, wow, this is awesome. Some of them are just hilarious memories. Um, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, you mentioned kayaking in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, also things, it's like biking around that little island that we went to in Portland, Maine. That was just pretty like special. In the fog. In the fog. It's ate like an some, L Ate we, some chowder. We biked through an L.L. Bean catalog. That's what it felt like. Like it was just an amazing. We did. I'm still waiting for the endorsement and the <laughs> but, money on um, those photos. Yeah, Boise. Remember how we uh, met at that park and caught the bus up and then did the tubing trip down the river. And then we did whitewater rafting uh, that river just outside of Sacramento. And then pulled our kayaks up on the on the shore uh or, or rafts uh, and and we remember we like jumped we did some cliff 
diving and cliff jumping, oh, yeah. and that's where Grandpa, oh, yeah. got, Dad, got his uh, his name, the Silver Warrior. The Silver and, uh, Warrior. And this great emerged, picture of him just shrieking, ah! jumping off this cliff into the into the cold water. So I think, yeah, some of the water elements that we, we even um, I was wearing my T-shirt yesterday, but kayaking uh, the river in Little Rock and seeing the baseball stadium on one side and. Mm -hmm. And every city's pretty even um, against each other because it's not like you're going to one in February, which is right. rough, and then you go somewhere else. It's like we're all giving you an equal shot. It's going to be hot at all yeah. the places. It's probably going to be humid if we're on the East Coast. Uh, so I like that each city has uh, an equal shot and has been, has been incredible. Some of them we say, yeah, I wouldn't probably repeat that. Other places I'd go, man, I'd go there in a second with my wife but they all have such good memories. And we sit around for hours talking about them, honestly. Yeah. Talk about experiences. Uh, I just want to end by talking about experiences. You're going to hear from the Savannah Bananas, um, which is going to be a really fun experience tonight. We're going to do a whole podcast episode dedicated to that. And Jesse Cole, who's really reinventing the game of baseball. Um, but why are experiences so formative for leaders, let's say busy leaders, also for families? Families are very busy and obviously vacations matter. Why are experiences so formative and why do we need them so much today? Well, you talked about change of pace plus change of pace equals change of perspective. That's, that's really good. We, uh, I think if we're not careful, if you only stay in your little bubble and you stay safe and only what you know, world gets really small. But when you travel, your world begins to open up. And I think not only do you have richer experiences, I think there's a humility that comes with it because you begin to say, whoa, maybe I need to rethink some things. Wow, maybe there are other people that are doing really good things and you know, that they think differently or live differently than I do that, huh. Uh, so I think yeah, there's new ideas that we get as well uh, with, with experiences. Even being out of your own environment causes you to just have your brain. I mean, neurobiology talks about the ways that when you're in a new environment, what that does of just new synapses connecting and creativity. I mean, you and all three of us come back with our notebook where we have new ideas and new questions. Uh, we even ask each other about books. You know, uh, what are you reading these days? And then sort of, I think it's just the openness. There's some structure. And you talked about, you know, a little bit of, artists are best when there's order and chaos that meet together. And I think travel and experiences help to do that. Yeah, that's a great way to say that. The other thing that comes to my mind is the relational aspect of experiences. I mean, think about that. We have three generations on this trip, all creating bonding memories and opportunities to relationally connect that don't often happen unless you do it around experiences. And I see relationships between peers where they can share experiences relationally and and share the growth that occurs, I, I see a tremendous relational benefit to shared experiences. Yeah. And I know you've seen this, Al, when, when you get guys together to do experiences, the relational benefit that comes out of that is long lasting. And I think that's something that can happen within families, like in our case, it can also happen within organizations. And this is not to minimize gift giving or things. There's a place for that. Those, those are important. But, I mean, I don't remember what I gave or what I got two Christmases ago. But 
yesterday we sat around and we listed 10 years of experiences of city a year and we still remember things in vivid detail remember this remember we met that person oh remember that cup of coffee we had at that one little hole in the wall place that we just discovered remember that segue tour where that guy almost crashed like we have all these stories that we remember for years to come and i fell and uh, Alan did we, wipe out on the Segway. We won't mention that. Guys, <laughs> it's trickier than it looks. <laughs> so I think the fact that we, we have these, not inside jokes, but we can always refer back to these experiences that we had together that mm-hmm. uh, you don't really sit around and say, remember that time you got me that, uh, that thing? Mm-hmm. Now, again, things are important, and but we just don't say that as much. Maybe those two can collide. So, for example, you were sitting in the hammock yesterday that I got for you. Right, So. right. Often, the experiences can inform what we give each other. I mean, similar to information. We've exited the information age. We're in what people, for a long time now, have called the experience economy, the connection economy, uh, the access economy. I mean, think about all the changes that we've witnessed. We are actually overwhelmed by the amount of information. You just type leadership or podcast into Amazon, and there's way too many books for you to be able to read. But we look at it, our time is limited. And in three or four days in a city, we can only do so much. And living into the limits of that. Um, the experience piece, I mean, again, we have dogs walking by. I don't know what's, what's happening here. This is Dog Walkers of America situation going on here. Um, and we have tours that are happening. Uh, this is a situation here. We're literally getting our podcast invaded by these dogs. I think we're going to get up and move uh, in the process. But it is an experience. So I just want to invite you guys listening to the idea that experiences are incredibly powerful. Experiences will change our perspectives. Like JR said, bringing cultural humility. Um, experiences also allow us to follow our curiosity and uh, fun, I just want to remind, as a, as a faithful Enneagram 7, I want to just remind us of those times where we're just having fun. And I don't mean like crazy, wacky fun like we'll be having at the Savannah Bananas tonight. That'll be great. But I just mean that was fun to just go to that place or try that restaurant or be sitting around and having that conversation. So I just want to leave you with a challenge is that you may not go into a city And you may not do city a year. You may not copy our experience exactly. In fact, it probably won't work for your family and your dynamic. But I want to leave you with this question and this challenge. What experience do you need to put on your calendar and to pull the trigger on that experience? Because time is so limited. Time goes by so quickly. We snap our fingers and we've been at this for 10 years. Our boys are growing up. A few more years, we'll send all our, our boys through the city year right of passage. What is that for you? My dad had somebody talk about a motorcycle trip that was um, you know, their experience. Maybe you've been talking about getting away uh, with your spouse, your husband or wife for a long time, but you haven't actually done it. It's time to pull the trigger on that. We've talked about revenge travel, I think is the term that a lot of people try to make up this summer for what we lost last summer. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about running yourself ragged or spending all the money that you have uh, on travel this summer, but I am talking about doing that thing relationally that can connect you And I just want to encourage you to get out in creation this summer. You are more tired than you think. 
And I am so rejuvenated by being with you guys, reliving this, bringing these sort of private interactions publicly onto the podcast. And we don't do this just to say, hey, this is awesome. We do this because we want to encourage, we want to inspire. What is your next right step? What is the experience that you've been thinking about that you just need to pull the trigger on it? Because maybe just like us, you will accidentally uncover an, an amazing experience, an amazing tradition, and you can actually follow your curiosity and see what's there, the other side of it. Guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. JR, awesome to have you. Dad, amazing to have you here. Uh, this, was, uh, this was another great year of City Year. We look forward to being in Salt Lake City next year. Yeah, and it's fun to reminisce. I mean, we just to have an excuse to kind of really think through all that we're learning and all the fun that we have and why it's so important. So thanks for having us. Well, I, I think it's off for us to join the Dog Walkers of America Club that just invaded over there and probably time for a second cup of coffee. Well, signing off here in the Red Side of Leadership podcast, you're going to hear all about experiences this summer, the power of experiences, and I'm going to let you into some of the experiences that I have happened into over the years. We'll catch you on the next one. Shot, shot, we focus so long.